you mentioned a little bit ago about how you would make us open up the door for you because that was the right thing to do. And you had to teach us that lesson that way. And men traditionally, like when we see something, we, we do that for the most part, especially as you're growing up. So the mom, it's important to be mindful of what you're letting influence them. Are they watching movies that there's not good parental roles in that movie, or there's not a good representation of what's that father figure? Well, if you're not mindful of that, they'll see that and see that's how it just is. And that's okay. You don't want your kid to grow up seeing the fact that 51% of marriages get divorced and that's just the way it is. And it's okay. That's not okay. That's not what they need to see. So it's good to be mindful of what you're letting influence them as well and what it's teaching them. That's why it's important. Jobs and sports, you have the coaches, you have the bosses, you have traditionally really good people in those roles that are going to influence them to do those things and to learn as well. So there's so many benefits that come from those opportunities that not only take up their time, teach them valuable lessons, let them make a living for themselves, but it also teaches them valuable lessons as a man as well. And it's important to just kind of filter that because you don't want to think you're teaching your kid how to be chivalrous and how to be a great man because you're making him open up the doors for you. But every movie he's watching has this bad representation or whatever it may be. And I think that's really crucial. God is a father to the fatherless. 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 Welcome to the Help I'm Raising Fatherless Kids podcast. I'm your host, Lori Apon. Thank you so much for coming back to the second half of launching boys to manhood without a dad in their lives. If you are just joining us, you're going to want to go back and listen to part one from last week. And just want to let you know, at the time of the recording, I was sick with little strength in my voice. I'm still not 100%, but I wanted you to know what was going on. One of the main topics of today's continuing conversation with my four sons, who are now grown, is training your boys to work. You will hear my sons repeat the phrase that I often spoke over them, and that was, men love to work. They make a joke about it, and even though it was out of desperation that I needed my boys to work, it proved to create a healthy work ethic in each one of them, and they do love to work today, and they work hard. Brandon, my son, who was eight years old when his dad died, is now 32. He's a husband, he's a father of his own two sons, and he's the general manager of the Mazda Mall of Georgia. Isaac, who turned five, is now 29, and he's an entrepreneur in his second year of his own successful business, Apon Creative. Evan was four. He's 27 today and a wonderful husband and anticipating welcoming their first child in August. He is also a respected community leader in the restaurant business running Maple Street Biscuit Company. 
And Micah was just a baby, 13 months old. He's 25 today, married and shaking it up in South Florida using the gifts and talents God gave him as the director of sales for Covenant Senior Living. And God has great plans for your sons as well, even without a dad in the home. God is there. So moms, pray for God's favor. Pray for doors of opportunity to open for them and pray the blessing of God over their lives. Thank you again for joining us today. And here's part two of Launching Boys to Manhood. Hardball was what I played. And I would remind you often that we're playing hardball. Like I'm going to be strong. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to put the guardrails up for you. During the years, say 15 to 18, they're still in your home. How should a boy be expected to spend his time? Should he be able to just waste it away with video games? Should he be working? What are some things that were required of you or now that you're looking back during that time that you think is effective and necessary to bring the boy to manhood? I'll say this to start. Men love to work. And if you can instill that in We're chuckling about that because we make a joke of it now, but that is how God created a man to live their life. If you look at every case of biblical manhood, they're working men. So the earlier you can instill that, the better. The last thing you want is, is weak, passive, overly aggressive, untouched with their emotions and unable to navigate their emotions because you, like Brandon said, will be walked over and it'll be a horror story. One of the greatest respects I have for you, mom, is like Brandon was talking about. And for these moms that are going through this situation, you no longer have a husband and there's not an earthly father to raise your kids. So you have to play the mom and you have to play the dad and you have to play the good cop and you have to play the bad cop. And may the grace of God be around you through that entire process. Cause I can't imagine how hard that is, but in those older years, letting them know we're going to have to play hardball and sticking with that, but not letting that be the only card or the only hand that you play because you don't want them to go off to college. Now being bitter towards the last four years where all you were was a bad cop. So Just pray for wisdom and discretion for the Lord to lead you when to be softer and when to play hardball. But the best thing you could do is make your sons get a job. It could be washing neighbors' windows. It could be picking up neighbors' leaves. All of us, all of the APON boys at 14 years old, as soon as we were legally allowed to work, we worked for Publix and we were uh, bag boys. Micah took his own different route and became senior leadership at Chick-fil-A by 18 years old, but we have our own journey. But that was what started in us, I think a trajectory towards where we're at now, where we didn't have video games until we, we bought a Wii. I don't know, like Micah's senior year when everybody else was graduating <laughs> out of the house. We didn't have cable. YouTube TV didn't exist. Like the only thing we were watching was Hogan's Heroes and Happy Days on VHS when we had family movie nights once a month. 
and I'm not saying this to say we are deprived. <laughs> I I would argue that children who are raised like that under those parameters are excelling far more than their counterparts in today's society where I can have other colleagues who were raised doing whatever they want. They ate junk food. They didn't have a job. They were allowed to play video games. We were playing outside and catching crawdads in the creek and building razor scooter ramps and experiencing childhood and manhood. And like you said, learning from our consequences and not being shielded completely from that. But idle hands are the devil's workshop. That's true when you're 14 years old. That's true when you're 30 years old. It doesn't matter if you can get the hands moving and be building and creating something productive that's going to reap a massive reward in the future. I agree with that. This conversation actually came up this week with people in my work and I was telling them about hardball and I was like, I mean, mom, I'll be completely up. So Mike, you were referencing the older three brothers since you played softball or what was yeah. it? All right. Um, no, but mom, I hated getting up every Saturday at 7 a.m. when we cut the grass last week. And this week we thought we were going to be able to sleep in, but no, we now had the playground to be scrubbed. And Do you know why, Micah? Because men love to work, even on Saturday. To your point, Isaac, to your point, we had to. Like, to keep us in line, Mom, to teach us work ethic and everything we learned from it, like, that was the way you had to do it. And if you let us just be playing video games all day or whatever it may be, just be lazy, like, it, there's so much more that could have gone wrong but then it got to a point where it was enjoyable when I got a job and I really enjoyed my job and it went from getting up at 7 a.m to cut the grass to getting up at 5 a.m to go open a store in the morning and the transition changed to where I loved that and I loved getting up early and I loved working because I guess that gave more of a purpose not like keeping your yard, trying to make it yard of the month wasn't a good purpose. It's just that was coming from you and that was your rules. When I had something that was my own that... We never got yard of the month. Never did. No, we did not. But we but, for it. We earned it. Yeah, but being in a job was, I think, beneficial for all of us because that kept us in line, kept us busy, kept you not having to give us rules and keep us busy all day, every day. And that was a a great recipe, I guess. Well, I will just say it was also a mixture of, I was desperate for my boys to work. I needed the help. And so I, I look back now that I'm cutting the grass, no reward for that at all. But I literally thank God when I'm doing that, like how did someone not, cut their foot off, you know? I mean, they were just doing things that I just figured they should be doing and maybe a little bit beyond what their years, but they rose to that challenge. And it was just not because I was thinking they have to have a work ethic. It was just out of pure desperation and do it well. And real quick, Evan, before you finish your thought, mom, on that, I think everyone will raise to the bar that you set for them. Because we have so much potential 
in us for good work or for, for bad work. So if you instill in them that it's okay to be lazy and it's okay to get your way and not make much of your life, they're going to hit that every single time. But if you tell them at 12 years old, you have to cut our half acre yard and learn how to do it, they're going to do it. Now, put the frameworks in to where you have another man come to the house and say, this is how you safely operate a lawnmower. Do that once or twice, how many times it takes to have them understand that. But then the boys will rise to the occasion and they'll become men. And I think all of us kids, the sisters included, grew up a lot faster than maybe a nuclear family household would because a father is now removed from the situation. So we have to step up in roles where the dad normally would. And that's cleaning the gutters out. That's uh, doing the lawn, spreading 400 meters of mulch through the whole backyard. But if, if you don't make it a mandate of like, this is what you do now, then you'll get nowhere with that. But if you set that as a precedent, then I think they will rise to the occasion and they'll complete the task at hand. Yeah, and and I agree with Isaac. Your kids will rise to the occasion. And I look at it as a parenting perspective towards the future. We didn't play video games, not entirely because they were bad and they were had nasty things on them, but really because when you become a married husband and a father someday, you don't have time to be sitting down playing Xbox and things. And that's where your parenting perspective came from was raising us as young kids in a way that we would be as adults, which is responsible husbands and fathers and grown adults that I'm so grateful for mom, that you raised us in that environment where we didn't mess with that stuff. But I wanted to say that hardball is countercultural. And that's one thing for moms who are listening is it's not going to be easy and hardball is not just hard on the, on the child, but it is hard on the, on the mom too, because you're constantly battling your convictions. You feel you need to raise your children in and you're battling against the thoughts and, and opinions of others as they watch you parent your children. So just know that playing hardball and raising your sons and daughters in the way that they need to be raised is not going to be widely accepted and, Goodness, you look around at the at the news media today and what we see, raising your child in a biblical perspective is getting less and less popular, but it is more and more needed in our families today. So wake your boys up, get them working, put away the toys and the games and the, the video games and the immature things and teach them how to be responsible young men. And like you said, mom, you need that, especially when your son is 15 to 18. Then they can start taking on older responsibility as young men instead of allowing them to be grown babies that don't amount to anything. And then they're 40 years old and still haven't found their way in life. Mom, that was a risk you couldn't take. And I believe for any families and parents listening to this is... That's not how God designed young men or young ladies the same. And so be confident in your parenting styles and be strong in your convictions and what you feel the Lord's leading you to do. And your kids will rise to that. Mom, another thing real quick that I think 
when you're coming up as a kid, your your relationship with your mom, you know, she gives you a bath, she combs your hair, she, you know, gives you medicine when you're sick, a, a Band-Aid. And there's just kind of this nurturing dynamic. And when you get older, that kind of rubs off. And it's harder for for the the mom to kind of persuade the son to act. And one thing that you did that was kind of effective was you would call it husband training. And so whatever it was that you were asking me to do, oftentimes it was like, if you don't do it for me, do it so that, you know, when you become a husband, it kind of what Evan's speaking to as well and Isaac, but these skills, you may not use them where you're interested in pleasing me or you're interested in impressing me, but do them and you'll be a better husband for it. And I, that comes up often in my marriage. I think about things I'm like, oh, I'm glad I had husband training for that. So that's a nice, uh, a nice way to phrase it because you're not going to really be able to persuade your 18, 17 year old son to listen to you like you could when he was 10, but they are anticipating meeting their spouse uh, likely and being a, a, a good husband. So that was a nice way to reframe it. And one thing that happens when we don't have our husbands is we're not modeling, you know, the husband being the leader. Our kids don't get to see the man being the leader over his wife, not in a negative, but just leading the home. They don't get to see the natural biblical roles in that way. So I would often step back and they were going to open the door for me. I know that's like crazy. People can't even imagine that. But I wanted them to learn chivalry, you know, and when they were starting to date, I made them call the dad and ask permission. And I remember every one of them, I would kind of sit outside the door because they were so scared. And I was just like pushing them to do something that was so hard, but it was so right. They needed to respect the dad and they didn't have anyone telling them to do that. They didn't have their own dad doing that. So we did that. Another thing came through my mind about working. It was along with that I didn't want you to have idle time. You needed money. You were paying for things. I didn't buy any of you a car because I didn't have the money to buy you a car. I didn't pay for your insurance because I didn't have the money to pay for your insurance. And so you had to get out and work to pay for these expenses. And I know that's like, okay, when I, they'll tell their kids, when I was your age, I had to ride my bike to Publix and work. But it was back to a lot of the decisions that were made were out of necessity. And again, we had a very large family. We had eight children, which changes the dynamics if you have one or two, but that was the situation that we had. And on that, a couple things. One, it's so much better to start now and instill these truths now while the consequences are much more minimal than letting them run wild in these youth years and then not learn from it. And then when they're 25, 28, 32 years old and they because they've lived their lives unchecked, those consequences turn into jail time and much bigger consequences because they've lived their lives unchecked and without a guiding hand to show them the right way to go. So that's something that can happen on the opposite side if you don't nip it in the bud now and 
instill in them a work ethic because if they just run wild, the chances of harming other people while they're much younger is much less. But then as they grow older and they develop different relationships and have a much wider range of what they're allowed to do, they have bigger wallets, those consequences can be more detrimental. And then another thing I would add is while they're much younger, three, four years old, that's where you can pay them to do things around the house. We weren't paid to cut the grass because that was something that was expected of us. But if there was something not expected or out of the blue, you can pay them for that to instill, oh, money, I can get things if I have money and I have to work to get that money. But then when they're older, I think pushing them out of the house and having them go find a job outside that helps them grow and develop is really important because one, it gives the mom a breather. She can have a quiet afternoon or quieter afternoon. But the benefit of us going out to these jobs is now we're under an authority that has in the business world far greater ramifications than maybe just doing a job at home. Because now, like at Publix, we have managers and we have CEOs and we have hundreds of staff and I'm just a little blip in that. So it takes out a lot of the ego and it instilled like you're working like the rest of everybody here. You can't call the shots unless you earn the space to call the shots. Some of my brothers continued to walk up that ladder and became managers and overseeing other people. But I think especially nowadays in 2023, I think it'd be important to encourage them or or not even encourage them. As a parent, you can just say, you have to get a job and I want you to find it within the next week or the next two weeks. Help them find something that they like to do or something that their passion and their skill might be leaning towards a little more. Working at Publix might not be great for somebody who has ADD and can't stand physically stand in one place for eight hours while they're bagging groceries. That might be a nightmare. Whereas you could link them up with somebody who does landscaping and they can learn how to weed whack and they can they can edge a yard and work with their hands like that. So, or if there's a volunteer spot as a photographer at your church, something like that. Like you can start them young, instilling in them their passions and and the fact that they can make a living from their passions and not telling them to just get a job. Some cases, just getting a job just to make money is what you have to do. But if you're in a place where they can do something that they like, then I would encourage that. You mentioned a little bit ago about how you would make us open up the door for you because that was the right thing to do. And you had to teach us that lesson that way. And men, traditionally, like when we see something, we we do that it, for the most part, especially as you're growing up. So the mom, it's important to be mindful of what you're letting influence them. Are they watching movies that there's not good parental roles in that movie or there's not a good representation of what's that father figure? Well, if you're not mindful of that, they'll see that and see that's how it just is. And that's okay. You don't, 
want your kid to grow up seeing the fact that 51% of marriages get divorced and that's just the way it is and it's okay. That's not okay. That's not what they need to see. So it's good to be mindful of what you're letting influence them as well and what it's teaching them. That's why it's important. Jobs and sports, you have the coaches, you have the bosses, you have traditionally really good people in those roles that are going to influence them to do those things and to learn as well. So there's so many benefits that come from those opportunities that not only take up their time, teach them valuable lessons, let them make a living for themselves, but it also teaches them valuable lessons as a man as well. And it's important to just kind of filter that because you don't want to think you're teaching your kid how to be chivalrous and how to be a great man because you're making him open up the doors for you. But every movie he's watching has this bad representation or whatever it may be. And I think that's really crucial. Well, this is all very helpful. Is there any other practical steps a mom should take that y'all want to add? If not, what are some things that she should avoid that really is going to exasperate her child or just isn't going to be helpful in bringing him to manhood? I think this goes back to one of the points you brought up where you had godly men who were involved in our family's life that were backing you in a lot of these parental decisions and encouragement and I guess a challenge in the same time to the mom that you don't have to do everything nor should you do everything there there were some hard conversations that mom you understood this probably shouldn't come from me this should come from his dad but he doesn't have that and so you go to any one of the seven incredible men that we had surrounding us and saying hey this may be a little awkward or uh, tough for you, but my son needs to hear this. He needs to hear it from a man. Can you step up and be that voice to him? And that happened plenty of times to me. I'm sure it happened plenty of times to the other guys on this call. So when there's a moment that the father would typically step in and it really is a moment that's sequestered just for the father, don't try to fill that, but ask a godly guy to be the one to essentially carry out that disciplinary role. And I I would just add um, that uh, it's all good to train your sons for manhood and for being a husband and father down the line. But if they, they slip up or if they make mistakes, don't consequence them as if they're in that father or husband role. Like you messed up. You're supposed to be this and this and this training and development is positive and coaching for that in the future. But when they mess up or if they're just not meeting those expectations every day, don't consequence them and treat them as if they're a failure because they didn't, um, they didn't uphold that standard. And on that, Mom, several episodes ago, you mentioned a time where you got really scared and worried for Brandon because he got a brand new baseball hat and then went out to the sidewalk and started shredding the brim. And you're like, he's he's going down the wrong path. I have to stop it now. This is this is not good. He just got the hat. He's he's disrespectful. And the list could go on. And then Eric Holmes is like, 
no, Lori, that's just the style. Look at every other guy on his baseball team. They all have the exact same hat. And it's like, oh, okay. So sometimes having those other mentors around can help bring you back to reality of like, no, they're not disrespectful and disobedient. That's just the trend. Yeah, it's weird. And you may not do it yourself, but it's completely okay that he's doing it. Also, be careful when if they do something wrong and they make you really mad, be careful how you handle it. Don't all of a sudden just be like, why are you doing this? Your friend so-and-so never does this. Like, he's not going out doing this. Why can't you be? And it'd be easy, I guess, to say things when you're mad, but then they're going to hear that and they're going to start to compare and they're going to be like, oh, well, this person she compared me to has a dad and I don't. So I'm not going to be, and it can just start to snowball effect. And so just be gracious and gentle and, and just know that just as much as everything is, you know, getting your hands dirty, doing work, whatever it may be, there's such a psychological and emotional side to it as well. That's just as important. That's so good. And mom's fear drives so much of that for us. We hear the statistics, so we may be holding on that God is Father, but we're really often wrestling with this fear that I've got to keep a tight rein on everything because they're going to be this horrible statistic. And so that fear causes us to parent without that grace. And so that's really helpful that y'all have offered that reminder. I will say my sons are keeping it very tame tonight, but they're funny, they're wise, they love the Lord, and it's just fun to be with them. So you're going to come through these years where it's feeling like, are we going to make it? And I really believe you will, and it's going to be good, and you're going to look to them. They are my mentors now. They're the first ones that I call when I need wisdom and a decision and It's just fun to get to that point where things are turned around. We love you. Thank you for your impact you had. You're welcome. I really appreciate your wisdom and sharing your experience. Moms, you're going to make it. Your boys have potential to be amazing, godly young men. God has entrusted them with suffering, and it's not easy, but give them hope hope with them and play a little hardball, but just keep praying and trusting that God is there and they're going to have a great story to tell. Amen. All right. Love you guys. Thank you. 